bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner than you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army. It's 8 o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for Pamtastic Comedy Clubhouse. You're on Mutiny Radio. Yeah, we are going to wait for the throngs of people to come in. Also, the throngs of comedians that are on the bill tonight. We're going to wait for them to also join us here in the building. Very exciting. Uh, we'll be with you in a few minutes here on Pamtastic Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio.
Texas Comedy Clubhouse. We're going to get started in just a few minutes. The throngs of people are flooding in the doors here at Mutiny Radio. It's Friday night.
o'clock. It's time for Pam Test's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Oh, there's real people. This is so exciting. I am tired. I don't know if anybody else is world cupping. Is anybody else world cupping? Anybody else watching Denmark at fucking five in the morning? That was a mistake. I'm still not recovered from that. Oh, man, I got a drink tomorrow at eight in the morning. You know, I just keep telling myself, like, it's only a month every four years that you get to drink at eight in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't watch porn, but I do watch the World Cup every four years. <laughs> it's really it's really exciting. There's um, hot, young, millennial men actually attaining their goals. It is so hot. It is like the hottest porn I've ever seen. They're literally making their goals. It is so different than what I'm used to in San Francisco. Like they are literally achieving goals. It is so amazing. I love World Cup. I just, it makes me sad. I don't know if they give you a yellow card for taking off your shirt, but like, girl, give it a red card. It makes me hot. Oh. World Cup. I'm very sad that um, Iceland did not perform as well as we were hoping for in this morning's game. And I am upset because my contract as Bjork will be running out if we do not make this second round. Don't let Powitz lie to you. So I, I, I can do a Bjork voice. And so I was really rooting for Iceland so that I could do my Bjork voice all month and not just, because that's another millennial joke. They're like, who's Bjork? <laughs> the sugar cubes were banned before she even did other things. I'm like, the swan outfit, nothing. They have no memory at all of the 90s when I was truly alive. Uh, <laughs> that, was when I, that was when I was in my 20s. That was an exciting time. I was so young. It's okay. <laughs> I can't, I've, I've been lamenting my old age. I'm turning 44 very soon. And I was like, I used to say, oh, I know I'm old when I can no longer do a handstand or a cartwheel. And like right now I can't do that because I like injured my butt in a tragic karaoke accident. <laughs> I was doing the dance break and um, I accidentally, I was doing separate ways and there's a really nice dance break section and I accidentally did the splits and I sort of landed on the ground. And then I like got up and I walked over to Jonathan and I was like, I just really fucked myself up. And then I like finished the song. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my butt is still not the same. I've been, it's like, I can't do a handstand or a cartwheel. I have to get it back. Otherwise I'm just, I should pick up gardening. <laughs> what else do you do when you're an old lady? When you do comedy? Fuck that. You pick up World Cup and you can drink at eight in the morning. Yeah. Five. I'm not doing the five o'clock. That is too difficult. The only way to do a five o'clock game is to stay up all night. And I am too old to do cocaine. So that's just, it ruins me the next day. It's one of those things I walk around San Francisco and I don't want to, you know, I get a little bit of allergies and but it's tough. I don't, I don't know if people know if I have allergies or if they think I'm just a cokehead. Like, it depends what time in the morning that you're playing with your nose. You're like, you know, if it's early in the morning, it could like you just took your Allegra or you've been up all night and you're trying to get that. Uh, there's a, a really a pro tip that I've learned. If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, uh, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them. I know. Pro tip from the mouths of babes. It's like I learned that. Learned that from a 15-year-old. Yeah, that's, that's not my fault, America. 
Uh, no, as I no, I do. I, I'm a, I hang out with small children for money. I do. I touch baby dicks for money. But that's it, I mean, they're 18 month old babies, and they and their parents decided not to circumcise them. Circumcision, his choice, his decision. I'm totally down with it. So you just gotta actually get down with it and clean up all that schmegma. Uh, but no, if you put an 18 month old baby boy in six inches of water, he will play with his own dick. They will always. You really don't have to do that much work. Uh, but I. <laughs> They're just paying me for the extra work. No, I was hanging out with two uh, twin four-year-olds, and they're just darling. And uh, I like to foster creative play. So um, they tied me to a desk chair with yarn, and then they put tape and put it over my mouth. And they got a laser pointer, and they stuck it to my hand, and they were like, I'm cutting off your hand! It's like, ow, ow, is that fostering creative play? It hurts so badly. It's crazy. And then they, they took the laser pointer to my foot and they were like, oh, I'm freezing your foot. It's like, oh, it's so cold. It's so cold. Like through the tape, like, blah, blah, you can't blah, you can't. Uh, and then they took it to my chest and they were like, oh, I'm breaking your heart. They said, Daria, you need to stop. Okay. Society has broken my heart. What game are you guys playing? And they're like, police state? You guys are playing a game called police state of your own volition? Like, what did I do wrong? Why am I tied to this desk chair and yarn? And they put their little four-year-old heads together. And they come back. You stole a laptop! What kind of Islamic police state is this? You're cutting off my hand because I stole a laptop? And they looked me dead in the face and said, uh, if you were black, we would have shot you. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you're four. <laughs> it's not my fault. They're watching cops. Why is that on at four in the afternoon on a Saturday when the, kid, when the parents are bored and taking a nap and the kids are like, cops. <laughs> is that not interesting for them? I was, it was fostering creative play. I was like, we got to stop watching the TV and we should read some books. So I pulled out an old book. I pulled out an old classic, uh, Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Do you ever remember? Classic book. What a great book, right? And so like, I got to the part where um, Gulliver was tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men. And I started to feel a little excited. I was like, and what if I was Gulliver? And what if I was being tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men? And what if like some of them had like a tiny little wheelbarrow with strawberries in it and they were like rolling it up my leg like onto my chest and they were like feeding me the strawberries. And maybe like eight to 10 to 12 of them like come together in a Cirque du Soleil pose and they like become them. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm trying to make a gangbang look cute. Okay, there's, there's 12 tiny men inside me all at once. It's it's a Lilliputian gangbang. It's so darling. It's the cutest gangbang you can actually conceptualize. It's good. I just imagine them. Yeah, it's that thing about Cirque du Soleil, right? Like you, you're there in the beginning. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And then the second act, you're like, oh my God, that's like a real symphony there. This isn't even taped music. And then like the third act, they're like throwing Chinese men five stories into the air. And you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like It's just like, wow me now. I already saw your contortionist. Like, what are you going to do? Sorry, I've, I've, 
saw Cirque du Soleil. And that third act is really, you really got to try to wow me at that point. It's just everything becomes banal. Like, wow, you've already, it's like you jumped the shark in the beginning. Like, what are you, you going to do now? Sorry, I love, it's good stuff. <laughs> What's going to happen now on this show? Who knows? Yay, that's my time. I'm Bam, and I'm going to host your show tonight. Yay, me, yay. My, the vigorousness of my set hurt my out my hair <laughs> I thought I was being low energy but nay my hair is falling out uh, we sing a little song before we get started and it's fun if you know how it goes sing along with me M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse comedy clubhouse. comedy clubhouse. together we will bring our jokes up high 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 I have a vaporizer now, so I don't cough as much. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah! Yay! Yay! I'm excited, too. Yay, this is nice. There's clapping and people. Yay! Uh, I'm excited for your first comedian because I saw her on the street yesterday. Uh, and she was on a FaceTime with another comedian. So it was like a double comedian sighting at once. And I was like, holy shit, you got to come by the clubhouse tomorrow night. So you guys are in for a treat. Put your hands together for Annie Bernstein. How's it going, everybody? On this Friday, I stamped your hands. That's what I just did. That was improv, you guys. That wasn't planned. Um, so my boyfriend is in the audience tonight. Let's give it up for him. He's such a good sport for coming. He's actually here because we are in a fight right now. And he doesn't want me bringing up what we're in a fight about and getting the audience to give me better points so I can come home. So that's why he's here. He's making sure that there's a neutral space. Did that sound believable, you guys? <laughs> because I'm practicing for when I do have a boyfriend. Just trying to manifest like a super, I don't know, needy or like, I don't know, good at fighting. Just like someone who really shows up to a fight, an argument. I need like a good arguer. Um, so I just turned 30. Yeah. Um, which is actually, you know, Made me start thinking about wanting a baby, maybe. Yeah, just just a little bit, though. I do want a baby at some point. 30 is too young, but eventually. Uh, which is actually why I started doing stand-up comedy. Because I hear that all male comics have the most amount of unused sperm. <laughs> like, I have a couple of friends who are swiping furiously on Tinder right now, just trying to get any kind of sperm. And I'm like, you know what? Come to Mutiny Radio on a Friday. You will, you will get contact pregnant. I swear to you. I swear to you. Um, I hadn't had sex in a long time until last week. And I've had sex twice with two different people since then. Thank you. It does feel really good. And I feel like I'm having end of days sex. Like... Um, I got together with an ex-boyfriend and I was like, you know what? Do you want to, tomorrow morning, do you want me to bring over homemade bagels and we'll just fuck before your cleaning lady gets there? And he's like, sure. So yeah, the next day I just went over at nine o'clock and left at, ele or at 10.55 and it was perfect. Another time this week, I met this dude in a lift line and then we fucked after. 
afterwards, which is like a rom-com, you guys. <laughs> That's a rom-com. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's end of days so I can be having lift line sex. Um, if you couldn't tell by the fact that I am standing up here forcing you to listen to me speak, I am a white lady. And as a white lady, I am obligated to like brunch. And what I love most about brunch is like going out with six of my single female friends because for me, it's really an opportunity to give bad dating advice to my direct competition. Like I had a friend a couple weeks ago, I was looking at her Tinder and I was like, you know what you need? You need only photos of yourself where you're jumping up midair. I've actually heard that like the higher you jump, the bigger guys boners get. Also, it's like pretty gross to show a guy that you touch the ground. Um, yeah, and then at brunch, at the brunch table, I will assert myself as the fun one at the table by ordering pancakes for the table. And then I won't eat any of the pancakes. Everybody else will be like, I'll have a bite. I'd have a bite. And I just will sit there. And no one will realize that I didn't have a bite. That's just how like subtly I'm winning at this, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, re I recently went back to D.C. I'm from Washington, D.C., went to a wedding, like chain smoke cigarettes, which I do not do to try and hook up with this dude at a wedding and then didn't even do it. That's just that's when you wake up like with a fucking really bad sore throat and not because of a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as a 30 year old, I feel like I've had to change what deal breakers are. Like I had a friend recently set me up on a blind date and she was like, this guy, Pete, he's really great. The one thing is that he's into crystals. And I was like, you know what? Crystals are no longer a deal breaker. <laughs> like when I was 20, a deal breaker for me could be if a guy like the city of Boston and now that I'm 30, I can't care about the quantity of a guy's back hair, or if he's balding, or if he's gay. <laughs> and honestly, I want him to be gay because the gay guys in San Francisco stereotypically and truly take care of themselves better than pretty much anybody else. So much so that whenever I walk into a gay bar, I feel like a vegan at a barbecue. And then when I'm dating straight dudes, I'm having to convince myself that like the male equivalent of a tofu dog tastes good. Looks like a couple of tofu dogs just walked in, you guys. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, how's it going? Just kidding, stay. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been interesting dating. For me, Tinder and Salvation Army are pretty much the same thing. Because with both, I'm just sifting through other girls' discarded crap, looking for something to bring to my cousin's bat mitzvah. Um, I do feel like my expectations for love are too high because when my parents first got together, everybody was a little bit surprised. Like my mom is super hot and my dad got mistaken for Bernie at a Bernie rally. But somehow they made it work. Um, so much so that my mom willingly got my dad's herpes 
And if I could only find someone that I was willing to get herpes for, I could only be so lucky. I'm also, um, as as part of my stand-up, I'm on like a little bit of a tour of like showing how herpes isn't anything. I have two out of the three Julias I know have herpes and they're totally fine. I'm actually going to name my daughter Julia just in honor of them. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know where to go from here. Um, I did not get herpes for my parents, but I do have something that requires a conversation before I have sex. And that is that I am a squirter. Loud and proud, you guys. As you could imagine, I was hesitant to talk about squirting in my stand-up routine because I didn't want to be pigeonholed as like just another squirter comic. Um, But I do know that I have some allies in the audience because all men are squirters. Like Marty looks like he squirted at least five times today. Let's give it up for Marty, everybody. Tofu dog of the night. Um, So scientists have yet to determine exactly what the squirting liquid is. And I don't know if you guys know this, but in Trump's America, government funding is not going towards squirting research, (laughs) which is pretty upsetting because we don't know what the fuck it is. Actually, I kind of do know what the fuck it is because I um, ate asparagus one time. And then squirted all over my ex-boyfriend's douchey Casper bed. And I'm like, the grossest thing about that story is that you got a bed in the mail. You're disgusting. Uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I feel like I need to do something about the squirting research. And so I'm going to start a nonprofit. That's going to put on a 5K that you all can brag to your friends about training for. I'm going to call it, it's definitely not your run. <laughs> yeah, I went there. That took, that took me a long time to get there, but I got there. That was like several football games with an ex-boyfriend. I was just sitting through that, waiting, just sitting on that. Um, let's see. I'm going to leave you guys with a Bitcoin story. Although I checked it today and it wasn't good. But um, in 2015, I was working at a co-working space, hooking up with a Bitcoin bro. I went to the Apple store. I got an adapter for my computer. He was like, hey, babe, can you get me one too? So I got him a $19 adapter and he paid me back 0.08 Bitcoin. At its peak... That Bitcoin was worth $1,786. And if that is not God telling me that it is okay to have sex for cryptocurrency, then I don't know what is. (laughs) I'm going to leave you guys with this. Uh, If you have herpes or you own a squeegee, you should definitely come talk to me after this. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take care. She's a white lady, yay! I've also been dealing with my white lady entitlement issues. Uh, I I have a difficult time. So I really love the Warriors, you know, and they won this year, and that was great. But it's so hard for me 
to rejoice in their accomplishments uh, because I'm so white lady at this point that I can only find joy in other people's failure. So I was like, suck it, LeBron. And I feel really, really good. Like <laughs> anybody else. Bear Bottle Brewing has a new beer called LeBron's Tears. <laughs> it's just a little bit salty. It's so good. It's just, it just tastes like joy. You know, it's an IPA. Love it. Uh, your next comedian, don't fall asleep. He rolls blunts all day, every day. It's you. Yeah, you're up next. Yeah, I'm terrible. I didn't make a list. I'm such a dick. I'm like, there we go. You look, you look like you just, you look like you just taught a golf class for like junior high kids. <laughs> Put your hands together for Barry Mason. Yay! You guys want to learn how to play golf, though? Seriously? No, no, no. How you guys doing? Good, good. Do you guys love yourselves? I just got to make sure, because if you guys don't love yourselves, there's no way you could love me, right? <laughs> Mike Tyson, he had a quote, right? You guys know Mike Tyson? Everybody has a plan until they get hit. That's what I have another quote. Everybody has a plan until they get high. Right? We all plan our days. You know, you wake up, think about what you're going to do today. Yeah, come to mutiny, bro. I'm sure I'm what it is, right? <laughs> you get hot, and then you have a change of plans. So, shit. You guys take the BART? I was on the BART, right? And um, sometimes I get on if, like, the, the seats, the disabled seats, if they're open, I'll sit in them. But if, like, a lady or a disabled person get on, like, I offer the seat because I'm a gentleman, right? But I was in a fucking predicament today, right? Five ladies got on at one time, right? So I'm like, shit, who do I offer the seat to? I can't just offer the seat to one lady because then there's going to be four offended ladies there. And I can't let that happen. So I was like, shit, I'll just give it to the oldest lady, right? No, I'm a gentleman. It's not polite to ask a lady her age. So I'm going to figure out who's the oldest. So I said, fuck it. I gave it to the one with the biggest titties. <laughs> She's carrying the heaviest load, you know? She... Shit, I felt, good ab I felt good about that. Do you guys live in the hood? Anybody? <laughs> That's what I thought. But <laughs> you guys should try it. There's a lot of amenities to living in the hood, right? Like I got pets with benefits and shit. Like little cats and dogs. They come around. I just throw them bologna or hot dog or some shit. And I get the joy of like having a pet. Like I, I don't got to pick up their feces. Like I don't got to take them to the vet. But um, the other day my roommate took an Uber home. He's like, bro, the Uber hit a fucking dog on the corner. I was like, fuck. I jumped on my skateboard, go to the corner, because I thought it was Dusty. It was like my favorite dog with benefits. So I fucking get to the corner. There's a dog dead. It's not Dusty, thank God. So we pick him up, put him on somebody's lawn. And like I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. And it was like a day or two later, I'm going to get some cigarettes, and I see a lost dog sign. And it's like the dog that would just get out the street. <laughs> and it fucking it breaks my heart, because like this dog had a home, like a family. like People love this dog. But like, ugh, fuck. The most fucked up part about this whole situation, right? It's like, there's a two hundred dollar reward. Good fucking job, Chopper. There's, there's a two hundred dollar reward for this dog. Like, if I find it alive, it's like I'm two hundred dollars richer. I started to call like, hey, is this some like dead or alive situation? Like, like, 
you guys did put up these flyers. Like, you did lose your dog. Like, this is like a contract, right? And I did find it. Like, like you guys lost your dog, and I'm sorry for your loss. But, like, I'll take $100. It's true. It's true. Uh, this is random. Do you guys think the tortoise owes the hair a rematch? No? It should. It does. If Okay, so if me and you went outside and raced, right? And then I took a nap, and you had to run back like, oh, hey, Perry, bro, wake up, wake up. I won. I won. Wake up. Would you feel, would you accept that victory, or would you, like, really want to get it? Epic. <laughs> we all can't be champions, man. We all can't. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? I found out my grandma's gay, right? It's Pride Month. We'll probably talk about this. I didn't just find out, though. She told me when I was, like, 10 or 11. And at that time, I didn't really know the whole concept of being gay. Like, I didn't know the extravaganzas that they got into and all that shit. And so I turned around, like, 13, 14, you know, like the porn-watching age. You know, right? And um, they got the lesbian section. So I see that, and it hits me immediately, like, oh, shit. Like, my grandma's been eating pussy this whole time. Like, and vice versa, too, you know? Like... And I don't know how close you guys are with your grandparents, but, like, when I was a kid, my grandma would, like, kiss me on the mouth and shit. Like, like it was cool and shit. So, like, <laughs> Lord knows when I got my first taste of pussy. You know? <laughs> I told that joke at a show one time, and some dude yelled out, oh, what if your grandma was straight? Then you wouldn't know when you got your first taste of dick. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Wait, that's way too much to think about. Uh, San Francisco is a fucking crazy city, man. Crazy city. Oh, I got another gay joke. What do um, what do what do gay people eat for brunch? Eggs, then a dick. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm from Philly originally, right? Nice. And you know we have homeless people there, right? But here is like like same animal, different beast. Like I was in the library, right, trying to learn how to read, because that's. That's one of my goals. I got other goals I'll tell you guys about later, but learning how to read, right? So I go to the bathroom in the library, and there's just homeless people washing their balls in the sink, fucking drinking toilet water. But the main dude caught my attention. He's fucking dying his hair. It's like, bro, like, you don't have a home. Like, you, don't know, you don't know where your next meal's coming from. You, you're worried about your self-image? Like, that's like San Francisco for you. But I was like, you went on some like, covert mission to steal his hair dye when you could have like, stole anything with nutrients. Um, would have been cool. Uh, some of them are knowledgeable, though. Like, I ran into this one dude. He's like, bro, you got to go check out on the spot. The mission, like, the vegetables is picked at the peak of perfection. Like, the rib is just decadent. So far off the bone. And I'm looking at him like, you homeless, bro. Like, how the fuck you know where to eat at? And he's like, the compost, bro. They take it out every Wednesday and Sunday. Like, go, go check it out. They even got free-range chicken, which is fucked up. You guys eat free-range chicken? Don't lie. It's fucked up. Like, these chickens are free. Like, they're on the range. Like, they got Facebook pages. Like, these are, these, these are taxpayer chickens you guys are eating. Like, they got their own property. Shit. They got chickens all cooped up just waiting for that. Uh, other goals. Other goals, right? I'm trying to be a better husband and father. Right? You guys can clap for that. Like, that's good. That's good. Like... The second part to that is, like, is there any single mothers here? You guys clap, so now you got to support. And it's okay. 
Any ladies take plan B in that case? I need a participant for this joke, so. I'll, I'll pick. Okay. You take plan B, right? Do you feel like you should pay for it or the guy should pay for it? Nope, nope. You see, that guy tried with me. You know, you know what I did? I just treated it like poker, bro. Call her bluff. I'm ready to be a father. <laughs> Do you get, if you're going to let $25 make that happen, then so be it. I'm, I'll face the consequences. Let's, 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 see, let's see how far you're going to go. I'm telling you, you hit him with that, to definitely, to definitely take it. Uh, what else is going on here? I went to fucking Oregon last week. Never been there before. It was like up north, right? But it was kind of like down south. Right? Like, I had no idea. We had fucking um, dinner at this place called Redneck Reds. And we had gator bites, right? And you guys might assume that, like, do you, when you hear gator bites, do you think, oh, that's alligator? alligator sure. You see, I didn't think that. I just thought it was some cool name. And you, and you guys might think I'm stupid, right? Right? But listen, you guys ever had hush puppies? You never would think that that would be fucking dog, right? Like, <laughs> you never think you're eating little puppies, right? So I was like, oh, shit, what is this? It kind of tastes like chicken. I was like, it's gator. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's good. It's good, though. It's good. Uh, what else? I got a lot. Um, like I said, I'm from Philly. You're from Philly, too, right? So I always thought I'd grow up in the hood. You see a lot of hood shit in Philly. I don't know what part. Probably a different part. But, um, and that was up until I moved to Richmond. Like, not like this Richmond, the district, like the city, right? And one of the first things I did when I went to Richmond, right? I went to the Dollar Tree, right? I'm not trying to brag or nothing, guys. Like, that's like where I get my shit from. And um, one of the first things that I noticed was like the security guard at the door. He had like fucking 45 ACP, 12 shot. He has a gun, pretty much, right? And like, I learned two things immediately when I moved to Richmond. One, people here are willing to risk their lives to steal dollar goods. And two, people are willing to risk their lives to protect dollar goods. <laughs> like, really, bro, you're gonna you gonna shoot it out for a six pack of bagel bites, <laughs> fucking fucking Donald Duck orange juice, a fucking single low tide detergent. Like, come on. It's not worth it. I'll leave you guys with this. What is the asshole's favorite drug? Butt crack. <laughs> Amazing, everyone. Ask him to do your law. What did Perry Mason? He was a lawyer who solved murder cases. Are are most lawyers detectives at the same? That's just a TV thing, right? I okay. I'm really glad I don't know anything about the legal stuff. I've never gotten in trouble because I'm white. He's a lawyer. It's exactly right. Uh, I'm excited for your next comedian because he's all the way from New York City, you guys. Whoopity do, New York City! Uh, hey, put your hands together for the very tall Tobin Miller! Yeah. Go for Pam, everyone. Go for Pam for hosting it. This is fun. We're hanging. I, uh, I know I'm, I'm tall, huh? That's, that's something about me. Uh, everyone thinks that being tall is this great amazing thing it's not has its bad points uh like when i go to kiss a girl she just has way too much time to decide whether she wants to kiss me back or not she, she has so much time she can phone a friend like hey he's gonna be here in five minutes i don't know what to do 
gets tricky. A couple weeks ago, I made love to a girl that was five foot two. A little bit of a height differential. Got weird. Uh, it was fun, but I had to rethink all my typical dirty talk. I had to start improvising. I was saying stuff like, oh, I love how your feet graze my knees. This is hot. <laughs> Keep digging your chin in my belly button. This is steaming up. This is great. And then uh, this last night, I made love with a girl that was six foot six over here, which is just as awkward. Neither of us really knew what was going on. So we're 13 feet of human in that bed. It gets, <laughs> gets awkward. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was in Oakland this afternoon, and I took an Uber back uh, to San Francisco. And when I got in the Uber, the Uber driver goes, hey, do you want me to just follow the GPS? It's like, no, right, you follow your heart on this one. <laughs> of course, take the GPS. It's your, it's your job. If you don't take the GPS, we're just two strangers on a joyride. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Only weirder thing he could have said was, hey, do you want to just drive the car for me? That would be great. <laughs> of course. Idi I'm an idiot, right? I don't know. I hate stupid. Stupidity is one of my least favorite things. I work with a guy who's just the biggest idiot you'll ever meet in your life. I was, uh, I was at work and he goes, hey, Tobin, did you take the new sexual harassment quiz? It was a tough one. <laughs> like, you're an idiot, dude. Are you kidding me? What? It's a quiz of common sense. Like, sex offenders pass it. That's how easy <laughs> the quiz is. But I helped him out with it. He's... He's a nice guy. Um, question one on the sexual harassment quiz. It goes, if you see sexual harassment in the workplace, what do you do? Right? Fair question. Uh, answer A, intervene and notify HR. You don't need to read on. That's the obvious answer. <laughs> HR is in it. We're sold. Uh, but we read on. <laughs> we read on. Answer B, join in on the fun. Answer C, point and laugh. I'm like, who's getting stumped on this quiz? <laughs> like, Steve, come on. He's like, I don't know. Was it A or B? I don't... <laughs> and there was only three answers. That's how easy it is. There's only three answers. Sexual harassment quiz, we, do, we don't like the D. We, we, don't, we avoid the D at all costs. We're not, we're not into it. Uh, my, uh, my work keeps telling me these phrases. I'm sure you guys get these where they go. You got to think outside the box, Tobin. That's what they keep telling me. Think outside the box. Uh, I work in accounting. All there is is the box. It's numbers. Can't be like, oh, I thought of a new number. It's in between two and three. It's called Mel. That's fun. Fun thing about Mel, it's divisible by zero. So forget everything you know about numbers. This is the, this is the future. Yeah. We, uh, we do orientations every now and then to like get to know each other. We played everyone's favorite icebreaker, which is where you, uh, you say your name, where you're from, that fun fact about yourself. Uh, and what this is supposed to do is relax the room, right? Uh, when I hear the word fun fact about yourself, I was shirking beads of sweat down my forehead. Like we were going to determine the hierarchy of the room right now. What? The guy before me goes, uh, I like Game of Thrones. It's like a way to put yourself out there, Steve. Real cool. <laughs> You're a champ, Steve. Good job. It's insane. Um, do, you guys, do you guys lie or do you tell the truth on the first date? What do you guys do? Lie? Depends. I, t I tell the truth every time. There's no hidden, hidden agenda. Uh, I was on a first date and I was telling the girl the truth. 
And I don't know how it got to this point, but I told her that I don't make my bed in the morning. I don't know why. Maybe I was trying to be a bad boy or something. I don't know what was going on. But uh, I told her that I don't make my bed. And I have another date with her next week. And I'm trying to figure out whether I should make my bed or not. Uh, because if she comes back and it's not made, she's going to be like, oh, this guy's a slob, right? Uh, but if she comes back, she's going to be like, and it's, and it's made, she's going to be like, what else is he lying about? If he, if he can't tell the truth about making his bed, is his name really Tobin? Did he really serve in Vietnam? Like, what's true <laughs> and what's false? We don't, no. She was nice, though. She was a second grade teacher. Very nice. But uh, she started asking these weird, like, second grade type questions halfway through the date. Halfway through the date, she's like, hey, Tobin, uh, what's your favorite color? I'm like, I'm 26. I don't do that anymore. What do you mean, favorite color? Then she's like, uh, let me guess your birthday. It's like, great, let's kill 20 minutes of the date. You guessing my birthday. She's like, it is, is it December 21st? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's not December 21st. She's like, is it before or after? I'm like, do you know how calendars work? It's before. Are you kidding me? No. She's fun, though. I'll probably go on another date with her again. I don't know. Uh, I was in the, I was in the Tenderloin today. That's a fun place. That's a c- cool spot. Um, I saw this homeless guy outside of a liquor store, and I did a bad. I gave him twenty dollars, and that's bad. <laughs> that's bad because I know that he's gonna buy it on alcohol, right? But he was the most honest homeless guy I've ever seen. He had a sign, and it didn't say like need to buy food for my kids and need to like buy a plane ticket home or something. It said experimenting with alcohol. (laughs) Like that's great, man. That's awesome. Um, but that's bad. But the worst part about that is, uh, the $20 bill I gave him, it was a fake $20 bill. Cause fuck him. Right. I'm not doing that shit. He was the happiest I've ever seen any guy in my life. He was like, Oh may God bless your souls. Like, let's keep this between you and me. I don't want, God knowing about any of this he went into the liquor store with his $20 bill and he went straight for Everclear that's what he went I don't know you guys know Everclear it's like high octane alcohol it's like that's great he went to homeless school he knows what he's doing <laughs> he gave the $20 bill to the cashier he gave the alcohol the Everclear and the cashier marked it and he accepted the $20 bill and that's when he realized I gave him the wrong $20 bill <laughs> Wanted to see sadness. I felt it instead. Not fun. Whatever. Does anyone, does anyone, am I the only idiot that still goes to Subway now? Does anyone, does anyone go to Subway? Subway? It's a good spot. It's fine, right? I, um, I went, I was in Subway and I saw the craziest thing. I, the guy in front of me, he, uh, he ordered an Italian BMT, right? Fine. Whatever. Fine sandwich, right? It's cool. Italian BMT. Subway guy goes, what do you want on your sandwich? And the customer goes, what are you going to put on it? (laughs) I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is great. (laughs) Subway guy doesn't know what to do. He's like, I'm going to put lettuce on it. He's like, yeah, damn straight. You're going to put lettuce on it. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to put pepperoncinis on it. He's like, yeah, you're getting hotter. This is great. It's like, I'm going to put pickles on He's like, no, no, no. What do you, you don't put pickles and pepperoncinis on the same sandwich. And then he looks at me, tries to get me involved. He's like, who does this guy think he is putting pickles and pepperoncinis on the same sandwich? And I was like, obviously an idiot. Everyone knows, you know, put pickles and pepperoncinis on the same sandwich. 
Uh, Subway's a fun place. In high, I see the craziest things at Subway. When I was in high school, I saw a customer accuse Subway guy of punching his sandwich. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, you didn't just punch my sandwich, did you? <laughs> Insane. No. Are, are giants are giants good this are the giants good this year no that's a shame i used to live here a couple of years ago and there used to be good i guess i don't know now i'm on the now i'm living in new york so yankee they're they're good no we don't talk about the yankees here all right i went to a yankees red sox game heated rivalry right like everyone is drunk and hammered this guy behind me started yelling at the outfielder he's like hey mookie f you I'm like, you need to sell down, man, right? It's just a baseball game. No one cares. It's like, no, man, Mookie's a loser. I'm like, you have it all wrong. We're the 30,000 losers watching the winners on the field play their game. <laughs> We're paying $50 to watch Mookie play a children's game. That's what's going on. Like, you go to any park and watch children play this game for free and be way more entertaining. Like I said, a children's game, you get to watch one kid with little to no hand-eye coordination throw a ball as hard as he can at another kid with little to no hand-eye coordination. <laughs> it's a desperate game. I'm not going to any more pro games. I'm only going, not creepy, I'm only going to kids. Pro games, you know exactly what's going to happen. If there's a ground ball, it's an out, right? At a kids game, you never know what's going to If there's a ground ball, it could be a home run. You never know. <laughs> it's great. I don't know. I, uh, I'm Roman Catholic. That's, that's fun. Uh, there's a part of the mass where the priest goes, do you reject Satan, the king of darkness? And everyone responds, I do. And, uh, in my head, I'm like, I don't know. sounds like a good hang. <laughs> like Satan probably is a way cooler crew than Jesus. Do I want to be up in heaven, hanging out with Gandhi or down in hell, hanging out with Michael Jackson, you know, which <laughs> I wonder if like cool black Michael Jackson's up in heaven and creepy white Michael Jackson's down in hell. That's what. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you. Tobin Miller, creepy white Michael Jackson. I was not expecting that. Your next comedian, he's kind of creepy and white. Oh, yeah, it's you. Uh, he just he just uh, guest hosted uh, Happy Hour, and he did a great job, and he's very funny. And today he's dressed um, like, like my father just came back from a Jimmy Buffett concert, so... That's good. <laughs> Put your hands together for Marty Cunny. We're in Margaritaville tonight, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, guys, let's. I'm going to be relatable right now. Let's let's get relatable. Uh, anyone here a fan of fishing? Yeah. Anyone here like fishing? All right. I like fishing. Myself. I actually went fishing recently. It was for Father's Day. I went to I went fishing on Father's Day with my dad. Went down to the fishing hole, and I saw a sign that said, must be at least 10 inches to take home. And I looked at my dad, and I said, what is this, Tinder? <laughs> and he looked at me with 28 years of disappointment in his eyes and said, you are no son of mine. <laughs> no, but I was like, no, Dad, it's cool. Uh because I actually go about fishing pretty much exactly like I go about picking up women. Uh, I go down to the watering hole. I get drunk for about six hours. I drop my fly and just kind of wait for something to happen. Uh, <laughs> pretty much the exact same process if you think about it. Uh, the results are usually the exact same too. I go home uh, wasted, alone, 
Empty-handed and reeking of power bait. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't go fishing, you don't know what power bait is. Uh, it's like the strongest bait of all. Some of some of you might call it the master bait, uh, which is also what's happening when I'm going home after fishing. So, all comes full circle. And if I do catch anything, that has got to be the dumbest fish in the pond. Probably something wrong with that fish. Probably best to catch and release. Uh, <laughs> This guy knows what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, what I'm trying to say is I'm single. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been single for a little while now. My ex broke up with me, and it's just been tough meeting people because I met her. We were in a relationship for six years, right? So we met the old-fashioned way uh, before the apps and everything. You know, the old-fashioned way, like your parents did, drinking four loco and kicking your TV in together. That's how we all did it, right? That's how it was done back in the greatest generation. But I... Um, I don't know. It's it's been tough because like when I went into the relationship, no dating apps. When I come out, dating apps. I'm totally inexperienced, and I just I'm not any good at it. Because you know what? I'm just not dishonest enough. If you think I just I've realized that. Because what does every girl say on dating apps? Right? They like books. They like wine. They like cars. They like adventure. Right? But when you show up at the date and you're Maserati drinking your Franzia with your wizard's robe on. Reading your copy of Mein Kampf, they look at you like you're some kind of asshole. Like, I'm checking all the boxes here, all right? This is what you wanted. Drink it in. <laughs> like this crisp, refreshing Franzia. <laughs> I chilled it. What's the big deal? <laughs> no, uh, you know, the weird thing I noticed about all these, these dating apps, especially uh, girls, and almost every single one will put... In their t in their bios, uh, their like Instagram handle or their Snapchat handle, and I know statistically speaking, I'm being rejected by like 99% of them because I'm swiping right on every single one, you know. So basically, they're giving me a means to follow them even though they're rejecting me. Are you asking me to stalk you? Is that what that is? Are they asking me to stalk them? Because fucking challenge accepted. I'm. <laughs> I am now stalking a significant number of women. It's actually taking a lot of time. Uh, I've had to kind of like diversify my methods a little bit because, you know, the same old Instagram stuff, sending them like pictures of like dead birds and stuff like that's that's amateur hour. OK, you got to step your game up. You got to start stalking her on Venmo, right? Like who's bread? Why does he love eggplants and rain so much? Uh. <laughs> Start stalking her on LinkedIn. Start recommending her for really weird skills. Like, oh, she rarely locks her doors. <laughs> her garbage smells real nice. Uh, or keeps her room real clean. At least it looks that way from the tree across the street. Yeah. No. It hasn't been all bad, actually. I, I, I was with a girl the other night. Uh, we hooked up, had sex. It was fantastic. Except for one little thing. Uh, I could feel her IUD. Uh has anyone else had that experience? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. <laughs> I didn't know how to tell her. I was like, I think uh, I, I'm definitely not well equipped enough where I should be feeling your IUD. Uh, <laughs> I think your doctor might have put that thing in a little bit low. Uh, that's not doing anyone any good. That's like if I put a condom on my balls. Like, that's not... <laughs> It's not helping anybody out. 
I was going to say something to her, and I was like, realizing in my head, I don't actually know how IUDs work. Uh, <laughs> became very apparent. I have no idea how IUDs work. And I was like, in my, I realized in my head, I always just pictured it as like a little tiny piece of a coat hanger you can put inside the uterus so it doesn't go getting any ideas, you know? <laughs> I couldn't an abusive parent points at their belt like, uh-uh, you remember what happened last time. <laughs> Oh boy! No, yeah, like it's it's okay, guys. Don't worry about me. Single, but swimming in pussy, just ankle deep in it. Can't get enough because my ex's landlord won't let her take the cats. So I've got two lovely little fur balls at home, guys. That's a pussy cat joke. Give me five, baby. Hell yeah! We're mining comedy gold all night, guys. That is just God. It's hot up here. Oh man. No, I, I, I'm a proud cat uh, father. Uh, we got any crazy cat ladies in the house? I know we got one up front. We got another one. Okay, how many? How many do you have? This two. Are, are you, is this your significant other? So you're not getting any more, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So if, I think I think I think what the statistic is that if every year that you're single as a woman, uh, or every three years you add one cat. I think that's the, how the statistic speaks. Because the, the, the goal is that by the time you die, your cats will eat you and no one will find your body for a long time. <laughs> I think that's the goal of the crazy cat lady. That's the end game. Um, where's my cat? My cat father's at. My cat guys. Tepid. Oh, wow. We got two admitting to it. That's great. That's a lot more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it sucks. I, I, I struggle to find a good word for it. Cat dude, cat father. I tried to say cat man for a while, and that just sounds like the saddest superhero on the face of the earth. Cat man with the power to gain 25 pounds and cry in the showers. Pat man, cat man, just a little slower than speeding loneliness. Uh, why is my cape all covered in hair? It was hanging up. How do they do this? Oh, God. No, uh, I settled on Cat Daddy. Does that sound good? He's like, Cat Daddy? That doesn't mean anything else, right? <laughs> it's cool. I stick with Cat Daddy now. Um, I asked that at one show. I was like, yeah, what do you call a guy that likes his cats? And one guy in the audience uh, yelled out, I'm not queer! <laughs> Whoa, all right. Homophobia guy, thanks for coming out tonight. Good to see you. The show wouldn't be complete without you. Uh, I say homophobic. It wasn't like he said like it was the Q and LGBTQ. It sounded like he had like a chaw dip in when he said it. It's like, I'm not queer, you know, like one of those, a little twang to it. Uh, and I realized, I, I realized to myself, uh, people uh, are actually less surprised if I told them I was gay than if I told them that I love my cats as a guy in I guess that maybe that's just a San Francisco thing, you know, very progressive here. That's a good thing. But instead, I get this look when I tell people I love my cats. I get, really? Really? You're a cat cat, cat guy, huh? Really? Oh, okay. Well, really? Uh, for those of you who hadn't gotten it, it's the same look you get when you ask somebody for a phone charger and they hand you an Apple charger. And you're like, actually, I use Android. And they're like, really? <laughs> Not an apple guy, really, really, huh? Don't like dogs. You're not a dog guy, really? No. Fuck you, you apple shit lords. All right, I love my cats. 
Why does it have to be one or the other? Why is that such a thing with people? It's like, oh, I, you don't like cats. You love cats. You must not like dogs. Like, no, I love dogs. I love dogs so much. I don't own one in San Francisco, you piece of shit. You know what? You know what dogs love? It's being locked inside for 23 hours a day. That's their favorite thing. Yeah, that husky was uh, bred for that, you, you fucking asshole. No, I, I, I don't get it. People act like, oh, he loves me so much when I come home. Bitch, he's got Stockholm Syndrome. You've got him imprisoned. The first thing he sees when he comes home is a sliver of escape opportunity. He's not running to your legs to like, fucking cuddle up. He's trying to get out. Guess what? Cats domesticated themselves. We didn't even invite them in. They just hung around and then didn't leave. And we're like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I guess we'll keep them around. Uh, and they say cats don't do anything for you, uh, which isn't true. Uh, my cats, they show their uh, their love in a lot of ways. Like uh, They keep leaving dead animals on my sheets, um, which is weird because I don't let them out. So <laughs> I don't know where those are coming from. We got to take better care of the apartment. Um uh, a girl refused to leave my apartment the other day after we we had sex. Uh, she wasn't getting the hints, and my cat scratched her in the face. So, <laughs> puss before puss, right? I, is that how that is that a saying? I don't think it is. No, no. Uh, actually, you know, it's it's weird because like, I love it when I come home. It's like. I never know what the cats are going to do, right? They're gonna, are they going to cuddle up to me? Are they just going to randomly attack me for something I don't know about? Are they going to stick their ass in my face? It's like my ex never left, really. Uh, <laughs> it's like the same thing. In fact, my cats actually do a lot for me that my ex never would, if I'm being honest. Um, I realize how that sounded. Uh, <laughs> it's not weird like that. It's I little things like uh, my ex never wanted to kill bugs. Uh, Cats got no problem with it, right? Love it. They can't get enough of it. Uh, my cats never complain when I feed them cat food. Uh, <laughs> and guess what, honey? You need the fiber. Uh, <laughs> oh, one thing they do that she wouldn't, and I'm really not too sure about it. They would look me, they do look me uh, right in the eyes when I masturbate. Uh, I'm not too sure how I feel about that one. <laughs> It's nice to know that someone cares, but they don't blink, guys. It's fucking weird. All right, that's my time, guys. Thanks a lot for coming out. Marty Cunny, Cat Daddy. Yay. I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the way that you think. Like, I want to take my cat and I want to shave him and I want to knit a sweater out of his fur and then I want to make him wear it. Because that's crazy. Uh, your next comedian, he comes to us all the way from Las Vegas. You guys should be super stoked. He's really, really funny. Clap your hands wildly for Richard Kiss. Hey. Thanks, Pam. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Can you believe this? Uh, the other day, uh, Liam Neeson accuses me, accuses me of all people, of being a name dropper. And then LeBron James agrees with him. It's just like, what? Guys, Barack Obama. I don't know. Is that enough? Can you just say the name? Do you need a story? Is there got to be, is it working? Is there fame rubbing off on me? Are you impressed? They're like, oh, this guy knows some important people. Hmm? Uh, thanks, Obama. 
You guys should write. My name is uh, Richard Kiss. My last name is K-I-S-S. No tricks to the spelling. Let me tell you, when you're a kid growing up, the last name Kiss, it's bad enough all by itself. But think about the last name Kiss next to the short form of Richard. Yeah, that's right. With no irony, my parents named me Dick Kiss. Well done. Nice planning. Not exactly tease-proof. I don't know. They could have named me for my grandfather, to, you know, to honor him. Instead, they decided they would honor fellatio. And I don't want to know why. That's my parents we're talking about. That's officially too much information, TMI. Who looks at babies like, oh, he is so adorable. Let's name him for the blowjob. That's my parents. That's, that's who does that. That's who do that. Does do. I don't know. How do you conjugate verbs now? Um, all right. I got problems. I'm uh, obsessive compulsive OCD, or as I like to say, I'm careful. Careful with the air quotes. Anyone else got uh, OCD? By applause, if you're obsessive compulsive, clap 17 times. Yeah. Besides OCD, I'm uh, also cheap. And let me tell you, the women I go with, they're sick of this combination. I'm so cheap that I'll make her split the check. But because I'm OCD, I make her show her work. Yeah. Pen and paper only, no calculators. That is too easy. That's cheating. I want to see a proof. I want to see those little numbers, the carries, they call them. Huh? Yeah. You can you tell I studied math in college? Uh, I forgot what I was going to do next. That's why you always want to bring your... Notes. There's so much funny on that napkin. Oh my God. It's like I soaked it in hilarity and then let it dry. It's concentrated hilarity. Just add water. I've been doing comedy a long time and uh, I don't know. I've been doing it so long. I don't bother telling my friends when I'm doing shows or inviting them to do shows. It's so hard to get them to come, right? You know, I like uh, one thing they'll say a lot is uh, I can't make it, but uh, I'll be there in spirit. I love that. I'll be there in spirit line. Any, any of you guys ever heard that one? It's like, their spirits are so, I hear that so often. Their spirits must be so busy. I'm just waiting for their spirit to be double booked. You know, it's like, uh, I'd come on Thursday, but uh, I've already committed my spirit somewhere else. But uh, my spirit will be there in spirit. You know, it's perfect. It's second level layer. We got to have a show where it's free for humans to come. But uh, spirit's a $10 cover charge, so make a killing. It's like, oh, I can't make it, but I'll uh, be there in spirit. All right, 10 bucks. Come on, up front. Here we go. Chop, chop. $10 cash. And uh, you don't need chairs. That's the best part. They just sort of hover. They float. That's what spirits do. I've been, I'm told. I don't know. I'm not a, I don't see auras myself. Uh, very, I'm very logical, nerdy, awkward fella. Yeah. Um, I'm a Canadian. Grew up in Canada, or as you call it here, America Light. America Light. And uh, Canada and the United States, very similar. Canada Canada's like the U.S. with snow and uh, healthcare websites that work the first time. So, boom, take that, Obama. Timely. Pow! Kick. Uh, Canadian and American culture is very similar, but uh, one thing that's different 
is uh, Americans, they love to boast. They're, they're fine just self-promoting and talking themselves up. Whereas can- Canadians, they see humility as something to strive for. You know, being humble and modest. It's almost like a Canadian would say, I don't like to brag, but I don't like to brag. <laughs> That's how it works there. But uh, I've lived here for a long time. I went to school here. And uh, then I got a job, and then I got a green card, and then uh, finally last year I took the uh, the plunge and I got uh, naturalized as a U.S. citizen. So I got that. Yes, thank you. You can give it up for that. Uh, it's going pretty good so far. My favorite thing about it is the uh, guaranteed applause line at comedy shows. People love that, except in San Francisco, and it's just kind of like. Uh, Hmm, thank you for contributing to the housing crisis. <laughs> also, uh, I'm white, so it doesn't really... When I got naturalized, I, I tell, I'll tell you, I was the, this was in Las Vegas, and I was the only native English speaker there among the maybe 50 or so odd people. And the judge had this weird idea. I don't know what it was all about, but he gave us a microphone and he passed it around to everyone. We're supposed to pass it around. We're supposed to announce our names and where we're from. And uh, let me tell you, he's a comedian. One thing I noticed about civilians is they have no mic control. It was really bad. It would, and plus, they don't speak English natively, so it was just a disaster trying to figure out what the hell they're saying. Be like a, a Mexican-looking guy. My name is Pedro. That was it. So I was thinking, all right, when this comes to me, I am going to fucking nail this. I'm going to show. I'm going to show these new citizens how it's done. So the guy hands me the microphone. My name's Richard Kiss, and I grew up in Canada. And then the judge says, ah, those Canadians speak pretty good English. And everybody laughed. It was hilarious. Everyone laughed except for me. I was pissed. Because nothing a comedian hates worse than setting up someone else's joke. So say, hey, give me that mic back. I'm going to do five minutes. Come on, here we go. Five minutes of jokes about the INS. Only this group would understand it. This is perfect. The INS is horrible. I guess they're called ICE now, right? Yeah. They've been in the news a little bit too. <laughs> um, it's funny being a Canadian uh, who's now an American. I finally feel like I have some input into what's going on. You know, I, I feel like I can, st- you know, look at sort of policy and Without, you know, I'm, not, I'm no longer a guest in someone's house saying, wow, this place is a dump. Uh, like, uh, guns have been in the, in the news a lot, you know, with school shootings and whatnot. And for Canadians, it's really weird to see some Americans put forth the idea of uh, more guns to solve the problem. Like, arming teachers, you know? Like, that's going to solve the problem. It's like, that's like, uh, all right, we got a problem. There is, there have been 8 million people a year dying of cancer, but... I think we have a solution. What we're going to do is we are going to give the doctors cancer. So we think that's got a good chance of working because the way you stop a bad guy with a tumor is a good guy with a tumor. Huh? Am I right? As a Canadian, I can tell you no. Chemotherapy, all right? And Medicare for all. Come on. Who wants these copays? with this copay stuff. That's a word that does not exist in Canada, copay. Why do they call it a copay anyway? It's like, all right, uh, thanks for coming to the doctor's office. Uh, your copay is $30. It's like, 
Okay, how much of that is mine? The $30. Why is that? How's that a copay? They should call it a you pay. Am I right? Yes, I am. That's right. <laughs> I am right. The Trump's in charge, and what a disaster there. Uh, thing I don't get Trump supporters, a lot of Trump supporters, they say that they, they don't like having to be politically incorrect. That's one of their complaints about the modern world. But the way I see it, political correctness, that's just informing people who might not know that certain people of other groups that may, they may not know much about find certain things that they say offensive. So it's just letting them know that they're being a jerk when they say things that maybe they don't realize they're being a jerk. And so it's almost like they, they complain about political correctness. What they want is they want to be a jerk but not realize it. Yeah, but then again, pointing out that someone is a jerk is also kind of a jerk thing to do. So it's like the PC and the anti-PC people are both being jerks, and they're both trying to prevent others from being jerks, but just different groups. That's how I see it. Is that a joke? No, not really. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I'm a nerd. I don't. I don't get art of any kind. I don't even get comedy. You know, I, I'm. I try to do it, but uh, like it's, it's just so much of this stuff is just evasive to me because I'm just like a math guy. Like I don't get DJs, for example. You know, D, to me, DJs they don't create their own art. They just work with other people's art and, and play other people's art. To me, that's like. I'd be like, uh, hey, I'm going to the movie theater Saturday because, oh man, the projectionist there, he is amazing. He is world class. One time I saw him play E.T. into Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, oh, Bernie, where are you? They take off on a bicycle. All right. <laughs> um... I don't know if you heard about this. Apparently, uh, pineapple juice is supposed to make your semen taste sweeter. Yeah, semen, uh, pineapple juice makes your semen. I'm not sure what kind of lab this research is being conducted in. It's some sort of federally funded semen flavor research laboratory. Your tax dollars at work. Must have slid that into Obamacare, you know. <laughs> Trump's going to pull the plug on that yeah, any day now. But uh, I find it interesting because it turns out that semen makes your pineapple juice taste saltier. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Beautiful symmetry of flavors there. All right, my name's Richard Kiss. Give it up for Pam. Huh? Richard Kiss, everyone. Spousing the joys, deliciousness of semen. Yay. I have an IUD, so I don't have to drink that stuff anymore. It's, it's like a tiny copper pool sweeper for my uterus. Keeps out all the dead babies. That's what pool sweepers are for, right? That keeps out dead babies. Is that how that works? I don't know. Can't afford a pool. It's San Francisco. Uh, hey, your next comedian. What a funny guy. Put your hands together, everybody, for Mike Spiegelman. Hi, thank you, uh, audience. Uh, I, I, I'm a little late, so I won't play the crowd. I'm sure that everyone talked to you guys to death. But who's the guy from Chicago? Thanks for coming. Uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. Uh, it's great to be here. I hope in mind I did bring uh, my jokes list with me. A lot of comedians, especially on a paid show, they don't bring their joke book with uh, them on stage. But 
I'm a little different. I bring my joke book on stage because during my set, I might think of a joke and I want to write it down. So I got it right here. I had an awful drug day. Let me tell you, like commuter wise. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're on the bus and in the morning commute and there's an empty bus on a Friday and there's a trail of buds going into the second car, would you take the buds? Because I saw weed, a trail of weed. I was also with my 10-year-old daughter, so I did not take it. <laughs> but I rode the entire commute going, there's fucking buds right there on the ground. Someone must have spilled bud on the five. And I can't, like, I have photos if you guys want to see. Because I, I took video of the accordion moving and the marijuana buds just jumping around. And then people fill up and no one took it. I was on Market Street. And I didn't take it because I'm a good dad. So I came here. I'm late. I'm on BART. I'm coming back. And there's a two. Oh, I'm waiting. And there's a tinfoil. Usually, lately, there's been syringes at the platform on BART. But today, it was tinfoil, darkened tinfoil. And I was like, oh, God, I haven't seen that in like 20 years. And I get on the train. And these two kids are fucking smoking heroin off of a tinfoil. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just like, and they were young. Listen, <clears throat> maybe, I, I, a friend told me about uh, uh, his experience smoking drag. Not me. It's a different guy, Bike Beagleman. And uh, so Bike was at this party. By the way, this joke got me kicked out of Josie's juke joint during the 90s. So it's been a while since I told this one. But uh, <laughs> listen, you guys ever been to Josie's juice joint? If fucking, that place, that Monday open mic had a hundred people, right? They had balcony in there and they were so supportive. Every God awful joke. And if I'm here right now with a joke list in my hand and I'm saying I've been doing this for 20 plus years, you know I've seen it all, right? So like every fucking joke, oh, we support you. I do one chasing the dragon joke and everybody at Josie's hated me. Anyway, here's the joke. So we were at this... uh, (laughs) 1996, this joke. Anyway, so I was smoking, uh, my friend Bike was smoking uh, uh, heroin off a tinfoil, and all his friends were like, hey, Bike, Bike, slow down. You're going to get the tinfoil fumes. That's bad for you. That was the joke. (laughs) So I hate it when people say to me, Mike, go home and get some rest. That makes as much sense to me as if someone goes up to me and go, hey, Mike, go to a hotel and deal with your fucking family. <laughs> no peace. I'm a sexy guy. I'm, I'm known, I have very sexy pillow talk, and that's the reason why I got fired from mattress discounters. <laughs> I knew I was doomed from the start from that place during my job interview when the guy turned to me and he said, Mike, where do you see yourself in five minutes? I knew that was going to be a bad night. I think my wife fakes her orgasms. I think she just recites George Burns movies. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, book two. Oh, God, you devil. Sunshine, boys. Big broadcast of 38. 37, excuse me. Fuck that joke up. Do you guys know George Burns? George Burns is like the king of vaudeville, the king of radio, television specials, and all the movies I just mentioned. And he actually was born in 1896, and he died in 1996. 100 years. Him and Bob Hope, right? 
And you know what he said before he died? He said, vaudeville's dead, yet I'm still alive. Maybe that was what Bob Hope said. Well, I'll tell you. I wish my my daughter was giving my uh, jokes in my ear. Like my friend Bob Hope. Listen, I hate this city now. (laughs) This city has changed since I moved here two weeks ago. Can you believe they would not let me in to the cat cafe? They said, can't let dogs in. What are you talking about? I take these dogs everywhere I go. I live in San Francisco. What's the big deal? It's just my dogs. Well, we can't let you in. Listen, that's my working dog. That's my helper dog. That's my uh, medical dog. That's my recreational dog. That's my hunter. That's my police dog. That's uh, a street dog I stole from a kid in Upper Hate that explains the uh, rope around its neck. There's my... Tiny codependent dog on a leash. We can't leave. Listen, I'll bribe you. I got money in my purse. <laughs> I don't have any money in my purse. I just have a tiny dog. <laughs> Officer. I'll, uh, I, use, I open for an X-rated hypnotist is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs in the dog park. I can't help it, officers. Did you guys know that the Mile High Club and the Let's Fuck in a Public Bathroom while kids wait to go to the bathroom outside club's the same club? (laughs) Joyless sexaholics. (sighs) Fucking in the bathroom in an airplane, it's such bullshit because you can't have a smoke afterwards. (laughs) It's not worth it. Hey, man, if you guys are going to vote... No on E, am I right? They did, I can't believe E passed. Proposition E in San Francisco now outlawed menthol cigarettes. I know, I have to go fucking out of town to, to prevent people from bombing smokes. Hang on, hang on. Oh, this is good. I, I have a better punch for that. Yeah, no, it sucks that they banned menthol cigarettes in San Francisco. Now I have to go to Oakland to prevent people from bombing my smokes. I'll work on that one. I don't like reading, I have trouble reading comic books. I don't read the thought bubbles. None of my business. <laughs> I go to the library a lot. You can take out 50 books in one day. Which makes, is to impress my friends when they come over. Right? I'm like, check it out. I got furniture made from books. You want to play my Xbox? We got three weeks, and I got to return it or renew it. I uh, or DVDs. You know, DVD box sets count as one book. I actually took out fifty DVDs, and I was like, "What the fuck's a DVD?" I actually. The sad thing about I love physical media. Fuck streaming and people monitoring me. But I'll tell you one concession I made is that I haven't used an actual remote control. In like 20 years, it's been a PlayStation controller. It's fucking, you ever do that? I don't know. That wasn't on the list. I digress. That's why I brought this. This is to help. You guys, you guys like the robot arm coffee place in the Metreon? It's a mechanical arm. You just, it's so simple. All you need is a credit card and a phone. 
for everybody. You know, back in the old day, you just show up with cash in a public place and they let you sit because you're part of the neighborhood. But thank God I got to use a credit card again. Anyway, so it's a robot arm. I'm being sarcastic. But uh, it, it makes any kind of beverage, espresso drinks. And I asked it to make me a drink. And it was making it. And I said, What's, what do you think about Trump? And the robot arm says, I'm not programmed to talk politics. Just here to make you a drink. I'm going to listen to this podcast and see how that joke went. <laughs> listen, no, I write everything down. I, I, I keep a diary and uh, I'm doing okay, right? So far, is it good? Okay, you guys were great. You guys were great in my diary. I'm going to say, what a great crowd tonight. But I, 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 rem I remember everything now, and uh, which is, uh, I even dream about my day, which makes my dream journal redundant. <laughs> see other diary. <laughs> I do have one special joke and then I'll get out. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I had a caramel the other day and which was unsalted and I nearly vomited. I'm Mike Spiegelman, good night. Mike Spiegelman, everyone, hooray. This has been a super fun show. Uh, I, I mean, you guys, you guys, you're all from San Francisco. You're all locals, pretty much. No, you're not, and you're from, the, but the rest of you are all locals, yeah? We just all voted. Did you guys all vote on the stuff? That was good. You're voting. You know, the mayoral race was really interesting to me because, you know, there are so many unsolvable problems here in San Francisco, right? We've got 7,500 questionably housed people. You've know, got poo on the streets. Rent prices are through the roof. Uh, and there's only one fucking in and out in San Francisco. Out of all these problems, one is actually solvable. There is one fucking in and out in San Francisco. Do any of you realize that this is a realistically solvable problem? None of you are on board. Nobody cares about delicious food at a cheap price. I'm glad you're in. We have to go. The only place we can go to get it is to Zavolf. Zavolf for the tourists. We have to fight the tourists for the in and out. No, we, everybody's fine with this. You guys are fine. You're like, yeah, we'll get into a car and go to Daly City. I don't have a car. I can't even. You can't take the BART to Daly City to get an in and out. I'm just saying, people in San Francisco, let's do some San Francisco issues. Let's fucking get on board and make more than one in and out. I really wanted to run for mayor on that one <laughs> proposal alone. I was like, I think I could actually get some millennials to come out and vote because, man, they fucking love In-N-Out. You know what I'm saying? You can't separate a 29-year-old from his animal fries. Style. Uh, this has been really fun. Yay. Uh, you guys have been a great audience. Thanks so much for coming tonight to Pam Tyson's Comedy Clubhouse and our Mutiny Radio. We do it every Friday from 8 to 10, and you guys have been great. Um, we've had great comics tonight. The ones that are left, Perry Mason looks like he's going to fall asleep. He smokes up like it was the edible. It's the edible. It was the edible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tobin Miller, we got Mike Spiegelman, we got Richard Kiss, we had Marty Cunney, we had Annie Bernstein, we had somebody else, and I don't remember because I ate an edible too. Uh, but thanks, you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye!
we're at the Berkside. I still don't know what the headlining band is because I'm a dick bag. It's John. Not my show again, playing cool stuff. I don't have permission from this band. this going and uh, spark up some bowls be excited i am joined by latoya the sheriff of truth it's been a while it's been a while where have you been what have you been up to i was in kansas shitty um, you oh boy yeah. you went home to visit the fam yeah i did it was my uncle's 80th birthday oh and, wow um, and i saw a lot of relatives who i'd seen in a long time good party good party yeah it was great and i kind of miss the midwest speaking of nice people oh you know of course you'll run into some there's some trump supporters at his party but Ooh. it's funny they these white folks come to a black man's 80th birthday party and they're trump supporters <gasps> and it was so funny because i asked my uncle i'm like how can they like they know you're black right <laughs> and he's married to a white black. woman so it's just like well you know and he's just like yeah it's really weird though right i'm like yeah it is it's 
but, but I don't. I can't really believe nice there people. are still Trump supporters. Yeah. I can't believe they still exist. They were, they were really nice people. I did not have any political conversations with them. No, you should talk about porn with them though. I know. <laughs> I know how much you love porn. <laughs> I do. And I know have. how much Trump loves <laughs> yeah. porn stars since oh, they've all been coming God. out last week about their non-disclosure agreements you with his know. lawyer and not with him. So they really aren't breaking a conflict of interest. How can by you sleep with that? How can you? Just well, you do it for money. It's prostitution. It's great. It's you know. But at the porn time, is the only thing. Prostitution is illegal unless you film it and then you sell it. Right. And it's porn and then it's legal and you can make money off it. I don't get it. I mean, it just. I mean, I, it, he's ew, He's just so fucking. So, but he gross. can pay for sex and he's the president and everybody's okay with it. Uh, by the way, can I say like, okay, it's Stormy Daniels. That's her name. The she's Stormy the porn star. Stormy Daniels. hundred and twenty. hundred and twenty-eight grand is not enough for me to be paid off. That's how, grand. That's, how, that's how she got paid off. Hmm. Well, that's not enough back money. In the day, you, you can't, that was in 2006. Right. But you even, even for 2006's time, you can't even buy a house here in SF for 126 but grand. You can buy you can buy a house in Mexico for, for that. You can buy a lot of things in Mexico. Yeah, you, yeah. Speaking of, mm. how was your trip? Well, what I learned about Mexico is that everyone hates Mexicans. Even, <laughs> even the Mexicans hate Mexicans. <laughs> so down there, the federal are pulling over where we stayed. We stayed at the same place that we stayed in December. And this time, the Federales posted at this one area over a bridge and they were stopping all the, get this, brown people. They're letting all the white people going through. The brown people are stopping the brown, in their own country, the brown people are stopping the brown people, pulling them out of their cars, taking, looking at their phones, taking pictures of their license plates and then letting them go. Or getting their weed or whatever. Basically, it's incredibly hard to get weed in Mexico right now because... So everyone's oh, so worried because they're like, they're trying to keep all the Americans safe now. So the Fun. federales are keeping the white people safe. So what they're doing is subjugating their own people. It is crazy. Why does everybody hate Mexicans? They are the nicest. They smile at you on the street. They wave. Everybody says hello. They cook from scratch. They're the most amazing people that are, and they don't even get access to the own beauty of their own land. What's happening oh now God. is all of these amazing, like huge building complexes are taking up all the shoreline and making it impossible to get to the beautiful beaches unless you walk through the rich people place. But you can't walk through the rich people place unless you have a room number. So Jonathan and I, oh, we outsmarted them. So we wanted to go in Cabo San Dogshit. We wanted to, we wanted to go to this, there's this beautiful place. Yeah. So there's this beautiful place where there's the Pacific side. So there's this Cabo San Dogshit has this, it's where the, the all, it's a, a marina where all of the ships come in and the huge thing is parked there, the princess thing, and all the white people come and everything's in dollars. Unless you go like two blocks off of it and then you have the best tacos for nothing. It's amazing. Jonathan and I, no, we understand Mexico. He speaks Spanish. Anyways, so we're trying to find this really beautiful place that's on the Pacific Ocean and I'm looking at all of the maps and I'm like, there's no way to get through unless we go through one of these resorts. Right. So we walk up this road to this resort and we're following this lady and her kid. And, um, I go, Jonathan, just follow the lady and the kid. They'll think we're with the lady and the kid. And they did. But Jonathan hears them say, when they asked for a room number, they said 6402. So Jonathan goes, our room number is 6404. So we walk in and we walk by this beautiful thing and we're trying not to have our mouths open like, it's so gorgeous, there's everything's incredible, it's so palatial. <laughs> and we're walking through and, and they, oh, welcome back, senori, senora. Ah, oh, welcome back. We wave at them. We're walking through, blah, blah, blah. So we walk through and we walk out to where the beach is. And we're like, ah, oh, this is at the beautiful beach. And we go down these stairs and there's a guy with a clipboard. And uh, 
He's like, oh, hey, you go into the beach. Great. What, what's your room number? Like, oh, 6404. Great. So we go down there and there's people with clipboards everywhere making sure uh, on this beach, uh, which is a public beach, but now they've made it. There's no way to get through unless you go through the rich people stuff. So they're basically keeping like the, the Mexicans out, out of their own place. It, it's crazy to me that that vacation would have made me mad. It was it was, you know, but, so, so we pretended we're like, we're like, we're white. Use when your privilege. Use the privilege. So we like used the amenities and sat by the beautiful pool and nobody questioned us because we were in room 6404 and it was a seven story building. So this, I mean, 64, we're up at the top. So we're obviously rich people, but I, it was crazy. We, obviously, we couldn't afford to stay there, but we're white enough that they believe that we could potentially. Maybe our parents were paying for us. <laughs> wow. So it was different from the couple months that you were there back in December. Yeah, it was. Um, well, so we stay in um, San Jose del Cabo, which is like a really great town. And then you get on the bus and it costs 250 and you can take it to Cabo San Dogshit. And it's nice because you see the arch from the bus and you get down there. But then calling it that. It, well, it. no, because it's it's so catered to tourists and rich people. And we picked up a real estate magazine where you can buy houses for twelve million dollars on these hills. We're just stealing their land. It's like we don't even have enough of our own land to steal. Now we have to go to Mexico and steal their land with our rich, stupid dollars. It just—it's so sad how money is corrupting. You just uh, I mean, see money corrupting things, even in other countries. It's. And, and then to have the audacity to want to build a wall. Right. <laughs> well, so and then and then degrade the Mexican folks. The poor, poor Mexican folks. And they're they are rich in spirit, and they are rich in abilities. And my God, they nobody has a better work ethic than Mexicans. They all there are no homeless people in Mexico. We, there, there are no homeless people because everybody has a motherfucking job. Or jobs. Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. want to move there so badly. And things are really inexpensive. I mean For now. Yeah, for now. We so when we got uh, we went to Cabo San Dog Ship, but we went off the beaten path. We were a couple and we found this amazing taco place. And it's funny because we walk in there and there's Mexican people eating there. And we sit down and they're like, Mexican guys are like, You found the best tacos in Cabo San Lucas. And I was like, Yeah, sure we did. We sit down. We had we had four tacos. They gave us bowls of beans and all of these salsas. We we had two beers and it was 180 pesos. That's ten dollars. <laughs> it was ten dollars for four tacos, two bowls of beans, four or five salsas, chips, chips too, and then I had a carne asada and a fish one, and he had two El Pastor and two Modelo Especiales. 180 pesos. We give him 200 and he tries to give us change. We said, no, here's 20 more pesos for a tip. He's like, oh, oh, gross, thank you. We're like, yeah, what is happening here? I mean, no. crazy. To F, to SF's, uh, <laughs> to break that down on SF cash flow, right. that would be $28. Sure. <laughs> yeah, two beers. $30. The beers, the beers would have been 10 yeah. And then the tacos would have been at least, I mean, even the fish tacos at Rubio's right now are three ninety nine a piece. So it would have been, we'll say $4 tacos. So yeah, 16 10 Yeah, with tip, we would have been looking at 28 Oh, Same wow. meal. Same I was meal. just throwing a number out there, but... No, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, you're exactly right. Oh, that, see, that was another thing, too. Like, going back to Kansas City, things were cheap. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I... 
We had like a nice brunch. I took my aunt and my brother out to brunch. Yeah. Brunch. And it was like a open buffet with like, you know, the guy made omelets right on the spot and oh, shit. Yeah. And like there was seafood, Midwest seafood, huh? Oh my gosh. Was it, was it? It was, it was good. It okay. Was, it was all right. Was shrimps. There's shrimps. I stuck with the trout though. Cause oh, that's right. more local. Sure. Um, but so and we drank a bunch of mimosas everything for all the stuff that we had everything was $150 for three of us and a bunch of mimosas yeah because I had like six right (laughs) my mother had four and then my aunt had two and then plus you know our entree so 150 bucks which you know here that'd have been probably 200 yeah absolutely 250 bucks oh god this place yeah coming back was um well, so when we before we left, we're in the airport and we're like, "All right, we're on vacation. Let's have a beer." We got two beers at the airport without tip, and Jonathan didn't tip because it was so insane. It was twenty four dollars and ten cents for two beers at the airport. And here at SF at SFO, I know it was it was like Warriors beers. What? I know it's like Warriors beers. It's like what? Oco. It's like that was like 49ers beers. That was like I know. And $24.10, that means that they were $12.05 a piece. I know, I know, I know. Wait, what Crazy. part were you guys at, by we the were, way? We were just in I... SFO with the waiting Virgin America. Okay, oh, okay, I know where oh, you guys. Were you guys at Perry's or... Um, we went to this? the... Laura, it was... Um, it, she's a person from food, Cat Cora's Grill or something. But oh, it was like, I walked we're by there. there and I'm like, we just thought, oh, we'll get, we're like, oh, they have Lagunitas. We'll get two Lagunitas before we go. We had, no, we were thinking maybe they'd be like nine bucks a piece. Right. So like 19 bucks, we thought 20 we'd bucks. give them a 20. We're like, ah, eh, we'll give them a 20 for two beers. We'll be fine. Yeah. We're on vacation. But then it was $24 and 10 cents. I was like, oh, my God. And it's just the fuck and the airport shit is bad oh coming back see um we marcus and i we were hungry and we didn't have any food at the house so we stopped by the cafe there's this uh cafe um in the uh the uh Qantas side of the airport and so like marcus got a americano i didn't get anything to drink i got a salad and like a spinach pie he got a spinach pie thirty dollars whoa and I saw how much my salad was, thirteen ninety nine. It was just in one of those plastic containers. I'm like, motherfucker. I'm, and and I had to throw the, the spinach pie away because it was bad. It why was does the gross. airport have a, a tax on it? Who is taxing tax. the airport? Is it a governmental tax? Is it just they know that we're I've never they looked have it up. us trapped? Is it because is it help does it help pay for the security? Because we have to be inside security when we're there? I just don't understand where the money's going. Yeah, I I never looked it up. I've never, you know, I've always known. Why it costs $9 to get on BART to get to the airport. There's like a $4 airport tax. It is pricey to get to BART from the airport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're traveling anywhere, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's insane. But I do have a habit of like, if I'm going to fly someplace, because I do like SFO's airport. It's nice. I do want to sit and have a Bloody Mary, That's which true. I know I'm going to pay 12 or $15. $15 for you. <laughs> I know. And I swallow I know. my pride. I know. And I you don't have another one. You could buy a bottle of vodka for $15. You can buy the Bloody Mary mix and the vodka. Yeah. It's, and maybe some olives. Yeah. I can't. Uh, I have no idea what's happening in the world. This town. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, the question, is it, 
life is life getting that expensive it just is it's, it's it just is it is and then the wages are still stagnant mm. and if you have health insurance that's going up and you know oh. you can't get it nice you can't drink two beers for under 10 bucks though i did though i did in Kansas city oh five dollars well but alcohol is cheap in the midwest yeah I've heard because that. all you got to do is drink that's all yeah because how else i know how else can we be happy as people i don't have any idea i had some I'm so good confused. ass beer for five dollars like i had three that's fifteen dollars yeah well, that was like so. We spent all our pesos sitting at the out the beautiful outdoor bar in um, San Jose del Cabo. We were waiting. We got there. We took the bus. We got there. We were waiting, and we knew he had time to wait or whatever. And so we just were like, "Well, we'll just drink up our pesos." And so we had about twenty bucks in pesos left, and we had five beers. And that's, I feel like that's great. And that that's expensive for Mexico because it was like 110 pesos for 20 tacates. So 110 pesos is about 650. Oh, so when wow. you go to like a corner store, so we were getting uh, 12 Indios, which are a good brown Mexican beer, El Indio. Love it. Uh, it was 145 for 12. So still less than $10. For twelve beers, it was like eight I'm, bucks, seven fifty, seven seven eight bucks. You know, I've never been to Mexico. I don't know what the fuck I'm waiting on. Yeah. Oh, go. It's like, great. So I can like spend some money and have a good time. Yeah. And if you're, if people, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go to Mexico, let me tell you, people. I, Jonathan and I spent, and I'm not even kidding you, all told, with even the snafu at the end, his phone wasn't working. When we came back, so we didn't get to pay, have a lift, so we had to take a, a cab, so we had to pay extra money there but with the cab with everything both with even including the $24 beers at the top of our trip we spent $1,395 which is $1,395 which counts oh, that's, oh, that's, that's it. it for seven days seven days for airfare staying in the most amazing Airbnb all of our food all of our fun times all of our bus rides everything everything and we, we we had want for nothing the whole time. We drank whenever we wanted to drink. We went out to bars. I sang karaoke. We did we did everything we wanted to do, and we spent less than fourteen hundred dollars. And did you? The seven hundred dollars set was so seven hundred dollars. So a hundred dollars a day per person, including everything. That's what we did. And did you like guys get groceries and cook in the home? Yes. So, so the Airbnb that we stay at is amazing and it has this really big kitchen and it overlooks the ocean and it's super oh. gorgeous and I love cooking anyway so the first day we got there we went to La Comer which is this big grocery store and we spent 1,095 pesos which is basically like 65 bucks oh, and nice. we had we actually left them some food uh, we went back for more fruit because we we had a smoothie every morning that would have all the different local fruits and uh, we had one with there was a kiwi avocado one I made that was Ooh, it's yeah. like it was kiwi avocado pineapple <laughs> that was a great really smoothie uh, with uh, I think mango uh, yogurt anyways making smoothies every morning so like I'd wake up and I'd go in the kitchen and I'd make the smoothies and we'd make a big pot of coffee and we bought a big thing of whiskey that too we had a big bottle of whiskey and stuff. so whiskey in our coffee every morning <laughs> and we had smoothies. smoothies and then if we were hungry in a little bit I'd be like oh do we want like steak and eggs this was the craziest thing in Mexico that's so cheap beef I don't know why beef is cheap in Mexico, and it tastes so good. We got two uh, New York strip steaks, and they were big, for 44 pesos. Okay, let me do the math for people. That's like $2.50. Jeez. For two, and they were so good. 
They were so good, and I used them in all different ways, and I made one of them. I, I mean, I was crazy. I, I, Mexico is an amazing place. It was like, yeah, it's it was crazy. Did you check out other than like the you know the twelve million dollar homes? Did you see how much a modest home like if you were yeah. to decide to move there? Did you see we could buy land? So the way to do it is we saw some different plots. Um, and the closer you are to the beach, obviously the more expensive the plots are. But we saw plots ranging from 5,000 to 36,000. Now the thing is when you buy land in Mexico, you don't actually buy it forever. You get a 99 year lease from the government of Mexico. And it's it's sort of one of the, one of the only socialist things they do. And it makes sense is that if you buy the land, you're gonna use it in your lifetime. And you can pass that to your kids. But if it's your grandkids, Where's that land going to go? Back to the fucking government or they can buy it again. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if any of those leases have been up since they've started doing that because it was 99 year lease. But like, it's a, right? Like if you buy the land, if you give it to your grandkids, they didn't do anything for that. Fuck them. Like don't and if they don't make it, they haven't already made it. If you don't have enough money for them to rebuy it, rebuy the fucking land. You know, like, no. right? Get a job. It's a little bit of socialism. It's like this whole like, your parents were rich, so you're rich. I think that that's one of the things that fucks up Americans is that the people that are born on third base go, well, I deserve it. It's mine, and I deserve it, and I'm entitled because that's my parents did that. It's like, I don't know. I just think that if it was more every man, because I'm like, you know, the every man. I'm like every man for himself kind of thing. In socialism, it, it breaks down the field because it makes it so that it takes out what we have with this Trump problem or it's with the 1%. It, it, it just abolishes the 1% because when, when you're born on third base and home plate and when you go to, let's say you did go to, your parents are rich and you went to Stanford and you get out, then your parents have connections that they give you or they can buy, you can buy your way into things because you have money. You know, it's like, the and struggle then you say, is not real. The struggle you. is not real. So you're already in, you're already in, you're already in, you're, you're good. But then we, we laud that. We appreciate that with all of our media and the idea of a princess or that you're going to marry somebody rich or if we could just wipe the just a little more socialism. Now, we don't need to go hardcore Marxism right away. But if we could just, you know, it's, put the cap. You don't need to make more than a million dollars a year. Who needs the $12 million homes? I should have brought the book home for you. It is insane. The homes that people are building on these, these fortresses on the mountains of Mexico that overlook all the beautiful oceans and... Ridiculous. Cement and all the cement. And they're... And the thing is, if a hurricane happens, is everything going to be destroyed? And then is that because yeah. they can afford the insurance and they, they get their money back anyway? It's like... But still, I mean, like, <clears throat> that's another thing to think about. I like that theory, the fact of, like, you know, building a $12 million home, knowing God In a hurricane what, zone! Yeah, Florida. There was a hurricane four years ago that knocked everything out. We talked to Adrian, the guy who runs the Airbnb. He's, like, their person who lives there, and he's a badass fucking shout-out. He got deported from here. He can never come back to the United States. What? He was, he was, he's from Gilroy. He wasn't born here, but his brother was. So half his family is here in Gilroy, and he can't ever go back. He can never see his family in the United States again because he's been deported and he had this five-year thing but they didn't tell him about it where he's supposed to apply for something but he didn't because he didn't know about it and now he can never go back fucking trickery ass and he, he's 30, how long ago was this th very recently he oh. like nine years or something 30 he lives 37 years in gilroy 37 years 
and the majority of his family lives there and he can't go back so he told us four years ago there was a hurricane and it was so bad the power was out for a month oh shit a month um, there was no electricity no water no water it sounds like Puerto Rico right now for a month imagine imagine here in San Francisco if there was no electricity for a week the white people go crazy be, it would be chaos people would be running in the streets they'd be tearing their hair out people would be shooting everybody with guns people would be peeing on each other I can't throwing use dogs my phone. out the window I can't use my phone can't there would be it would be it would be there would be they'd be kicking dogs off bridges it would be it would be it would be nuts it be but he said the first three days the, there was no government the government shut down so they were told by the government and the police to loot all the stores because they needed water they so the mexico basically told them loot all the stores but only take the food and the water and people were of course they're taking everything but but so he said that the first three days because there was no refrigeration he got all this meat and a lot of canned stuff and all this water but the first three days all he ate was meat because he knew it was going to go bad and after three days that was it and so then he was like eating canned stuff and fruit and trying his best and but I mean if you were going to make rice you had to boil water so you had to build a fire so you could get charcoal and you I mean a month a motherfucking month. I think I'd be okay. But I think the rest, the majority of San Francisco would fall into chaos. Um, I think the whole city of San Francisco would go to chaos. Yeah. Nuts. I mean, mm-mm. mm-mm. People, this is tech country. We need, ele- they need electricity. Well, we're all tech and we're so reliant on our tech. It's, mm. uh, it's, I hear. That's my oh, phone. Okay. I was like, such a cool song. When did that into, get into Cope? <laughs> Everybody's. Uh, Young Americans. Called. Well, I miss David Bowie too. I, Let's take this moment to remember David Bowie. I miss him. Of course. Oh, and Prince. Well, and Prince. And you, they, escaped, they escaped the horrors of, of, the, yeah, of now. What, what is now. Well, I'm having existential crisis because I feel like what has meaning anymore like i was in mexico for a week and i didn't think about anything we lived i mean we're frugal but like i said we were we had want for nothing and it was amazing and it was just anyway but i was like what is like my purpose and i got all existential and i don't know if it was because i watched so much rick and morty or (laughs) if like i just i it was, it was like, oh, I used to have a purpose, and that now that purpose didn't feel fulfilled, and now I'm like, oh, I need a new purpose. Yeah. I just don't know how to. I I'm on a search for meaning. Ditto. Yeah. I I don't know where to go from here. I I feel the same way. I feel like it has what I've what I've done obviously has to have had some meaning because it's meaning because it's led me to this place. Right. But I feel like everything I have done hasn't accomplished the goal of A, my happiness, or B, monetary, or B, society's vision of what success is. <laughs> so I don't know where to go from here. And I kind of feel like I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to not, I want to stop trying. I want to think a lot less. Maybe this is maybe the time less. to travel. 
Right, this might be a really good time. To this travel. might be the time to travel, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Oh God damn it! Yeah, damn no, it, you get, get, you get. We'll think about, we'll think about Bowie again. In fact, what we'll do is we'll look for uh, Hot Dirty P and the. We're gonna, we're gonna listen to one of the old songs and see. Uh, well, I mean, the, God, I, I love the Trump one, but. I mean, there were there were a lot of them. We'll see if I can find them. And there's a that there's was from 2017 here. too. Yeah. Well, we we were trying to figure out what I mean, and and I think they still hold up. It'll be fun to if I oh, can find them to see. We should come where, with some new ones. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we got to do one for the NRA. That's a good. Oh one. my God, the NRA. Um, Steve Mnuchin, the guy that you know, uh, he's this. Uh, Secretary of uh, horseshit. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore because I can't Good. even pay attention because it's too. It's stressful and confusing and. It's fucking stressful. Hasn't he already done enough illegal things? Like, can't we just impeach him already? The whole thing with the guns, the children being shot in Maryland, and the yes, child the three, being shot. Yes. The child. The child shot two people, and then the child was shot by the guy that had the gun. Gun. Because yeah. now I guess they get to have guns at school. If I had kids, which obviously I'm not going to, I would homeschool them. I would never let them go well, to a you school. You heard about, oh, you. this happened while you were gone. Yeah, so, the Maryland thing. No, that happened yesterday. And then while you were gone, there was a teacher in um, outside Monterey here um, who, he was a ex-police officer and he was trained and he was teaching a, a, a class, a, a shooting class or whatever. Oh, the guy shot himself in the foot. No, this is a guy that shot up in the ceiling and the bullet fragments hit... Uh, hit a child! Hit? Yeah, in the neck. What? Bullet fragments, yeah. So just try to imagine... You were trying to teach gun safety in a class and they hurt a child. <laughs> the irony is very funny. Yeah. And by the way, he was sad. trained. He was pol- ex-police officer. So. Fully trained. Well, it's the same. We, we saw the video of the guy who was trying to teach kids that guns weren't safe. Yes. And he had a gun.